Hey everybody, welcome again to F This Movie, the official podcast of FThisMovie.com, movie love for movie lovers. My name is Patrick Bromley and I'm super excited for this week's show because we're finally covering arguably the most requested movie in F This Movie history, mm-hmm. 2001's Antitrust, Yes, which means I'm joined for this very special cyber episode by Adam Risky. Um, with Synapse. Uh, I don't think if without it, I don't think F this movie would have been possible because it unites our global village. At F this movie, we're all about open source, open source Linux. Yeah, the type of Nerve. things that just make me roll my eyes the moment I hear about them. <laughs> I remember when this came out, though, like it was kind of a big deal, like in my business school when they were just oh. like talking about coding and things like that. Because I had to take like some computer classes, and they were like, "Yeah, you're gonna." Like, we were doing, like, front page and stuff, and some people were, like, talking about how great open source and Linux was, and I was like, whatever, where's beer? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's antitrust, too. Whatever, where's beer? But this movie left an indelible mark. It was um, nominated for Best Feature Film at the Political Film Society Awards. Um, it lost the PFSs. Yeah. So the nominees were antitrust Atlantis, the lost empire <laughs> bread and roses and Lum- Lumumba. But the, the winner was the majestic. Oh, so f- at least the majestic got best picture somewhere <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it won the PFS award for democracy. <laughs> I don't know what the PSFs are. This is the first time I'm hearing about them. The Political Film Society. Um, And uh, Antitrust also got some distinction at uh, the Teen Choice Awards. Uh, Really? Choice Actor nominee Ryan Phillippe and Choice Horror slash Thriller Film (laughs) of the Year. It did not win either. Um, It was a double winner at the Shanghai International Film Festival. That I saw. It beat out The Legend of Bagger Vance for Best Film. Yeah. And director Peter Howitt. I miss the way we danced. Oh, man. That's my Bagger Vance quote. (laughs) I forgot about that movie. Me too. I I don't know. Can I tell you, for some reason, I was so excited to see that movie. I thought the trailer was so good. And then I went to see it and I was like, oh, this is boring as shit. So I never. Robert Redford movie ever made. I uh, I never thought that I would tell this story <laughs> on F this movie. All you right. don't you don't even know the story, no. but like um, so uh, the Legend of Bagger Vance was uh, a movie that played at the Union at a special sneak preview when I was at in college. College students were the number one market for the Legend of Bagger Vance, and you know, coming off of like that '90s period, like. With the exception of Wild Wild West, and you know, there was a here here and there, there was an exception for Matt Damon. I was like, the pedigree's all here. Like yeah. this movie's gonna clean yeah. up. This is gonna be like the prestige movie of two thousand. So I go see The Legend of Bagger Vance. It's like a Wednesday night, shows at seven, movie ends around like nine thirty. I walk back from the union to my frat or my frat it wasn't in the frat, it was in the dorms at the time. So I walk back to my dorm. And there's fire trucks all around the dormitory. Bagger Vance was too hot. Bagger Vance lit the flame uh, <laughs> or lit the match that burned the flame. Um, so I was like, oh, shit, was there a fire? And somebody's like, yeah, there was a fire. And then, like, finally they let us, like, go back to our apart or to our uh, dormitories and everything like that. So I start walking and I'm just like, 
oh, it's on my floor. Oh, shit. And I'm just like, keep walking. And I'm like, oh, it's my dorm. What? <laughs> and my entire dorm room caught on fire because my roommate lit a candle and then left. Oh, no. And then a blanket, like caught fire over what? an open flame final destination style yeah and luckily i wasn't there but uh, so bagger vance saved your life is so what you're bagger saying. vance kind of saved my life wow and uh, i had to move to a different dorm and everything like that so the only thing i can associate the legend of bagger vance with is the shanghai international film <laughs> festival <laughs> and the political i already forgot what they're called the psfs the political film society PFSs. award for Sorry. democracy <laughs> The majestic. I wonder if Darabont showed up for that, or he's just hope like, so. He's like, this is what I was going for. I was watching John Carpenter's Vampires recently, and there's yeah. a random Darabont cameo. Oh yeah, there was. Yeah, I just saw that last month. So yeah, yeah I remember. Yeah, I'm looking forward to a blank check. Yeah, it made me fun. miss Frank Darabont movies. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he'll ever come back and do more. From everything I'm hearing, he's just kind of burnt out on. Hollywood, and he won all that money in the suit against right. AMC right. for The Walking Dead, and he's kind of just like, I'm done playing wow. the game. Wow. Yeah. Bummer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, antitrust. Antitrust. Well, don't get ahead of ourselves here. We yeah. Gotta do, have you seen anything good lately I just first. wanted to keep saying that this show is about antitrust, because <laughs> if people are like, I don't know. Quickly remind everyone. Yeah. They're just like, I'm turned off by that fire story. Yeah. Like, I... But remember, Stick around. Show, we are going to talk, talk about antitrust. Yeah, no, yeah. that's that's yeah. true. Yeah. Uh, hey, Adam, have you seen anything good lately? Uh, yeah, I've had a good run lately. Um, up until antitrust, uh, things were going really well. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a bump in the road because I just went back to watching good things after antitrust. Um, there's a reason why we're doing antitrust. I okay. promise to right. explain it. Um, I'm so, excited. Yeah. So I uh, I did a double feature last night. Of I basically just did the new Beverly double feature that was playing in California this weekend. So I watched Straight Time and Thief. Okay. And I've I never liked, seen Straight Time. I liked it both a lot. Yeah. Um, Straight Time is with Dustin Hoffman and Teresa Russell, and it's got like this stacked supporting cast where it's like Gary Busey and Jake Busey when he's like eight years old. Oh, really? And like, is he still a creep? <laughs> he kind of he's not a officially moment. a creep he's not yeah. one of these like not <laughs> he, i'm not talking like what a creep creep he's yeah. just a creepy guy yeah yeah he he kind of has like you could you could see like you know the the origins of the damien story in <laughs> right yeah. okay um kathy bates is like it's her first role ever M. Emmett walsh is in it harry dean stands in it Holy so cow. like every scene of the movie's got somebody in it and it's just like this really kind of cool like Khan just out of jail, like trying to make good as a honest member of society. But then like around the halfway point of the movie, it uh, veers a little bit and it goes in a direction that I wasn't expecting. Cause okay. like the movie sort of sets it up to be one thing and then it kind of changes and they're both equally interesting. And uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought nice. it was good. I, um, I'm not sure how readily available it is, but like I rented like a, dvd of it where it was like a warner archive special order thing. oh okay yeah, but they had it at my library so oh, nice so if uh if you want dm me i'll tell you which library it's <laughs> okay. at. no but like i think you could order it from like warner archive or whatever okay. or amazon maybe i think there's a blu-ray recently like a warner archive blu-ray okay um it would help if i actually 
typed this in correctly. Oh, yeah. you can rent it on Amazon. You can buy it on Amazon oh, good. for five bucks. Oh, yeah. HD. It's totally worth just buying. Okay. I, I would just get it. Though. Okay. Um, and then Thief was like my Michael Mann movie that I was kind of holding off on seeing because I always wanted to see it in a theater. And then it was playing at the music box over the weekend, but it was playing at midnight. Midnight. And it's cold. It was cold out last night, and I didn't want to stay up till midnight, so I ended up renting it on uh, Blu-ray, the Criterion disc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I watched that, and it's. Um, it took me like, I always liked it, but it took me until about like the third act to like fully love. Okay. Thief. Okay. But um, I listened to like the blank check check episode about it, yeah. and sometimes I like doing that because. If I'm sort of not completely settled on what I think of a movie yet, I like to maybe sometimes read a review of it or watch a video of it or listen to a podcast about that movie from somebody else because I almost can tell what my reaction is more if I'm bouncing it off of somebody else's. That makes sense. So by listening to them talking about, like, how great Robert Prosky is and, like, James Caan and, like, the addictive qualities of, like, him as an actor – and with Tuesday well than everything, it just sort of enhanced the whole experience, and I, I really liked it. I was completely surprised, because for some reason, over the years, I thought this was like, Dennis Farina was like the cop trying to bring James Conn down. Okay. So, like, the whole movie, I'm like, where is Farina? And <laughs> What's then, with all this Belushi? Yeah. But he's good in He's it good. Too. Yeah. But, solid um, Belushi. It totally, uh, totally met my expectations. So, the only... The only man I have left is the keep, and me too. I I haven't seen the last of the Mohicans since like Cable, and I don't remember anything. I haven't about seen it. it since the theater. But, but... Uh, I would go Thief being somewhere between three, four, and five in my okay. man ranking right yeah. now. Yeah, it might be top three for me. Okay. Yeah, I think it could easily settle at like number three or maybe even number two after a couple of more viewings. It's super good. It's I love really, that really good. score. Yeah. I love the whole like dialogue-free sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever see The Gambler? Just the Mark Wahlberg one? Yeah, no, that's the only one I've seen too. <laughs> I've never seen the James Conn one, but when I watch yeah. Thief, it always makes me want to see The Gambler. But I too have only seen, I think I'm a gambler. <laughs> that movie was not good. No, it really was not. Yeah. I remember that that's one thing that bothers me, I guess, about the Gambler remake is one with Brie Larson and then like Thief with Tuesday Weld and then Straight Time with Teresa Russell. I don't think the movie gives good enough reasons why the woman sticks around. Sure. So I don't know. I mean, it's not just a problem with like one single movie. It's just this guy, but <laughs> right. the, the, the entire time with all three movies, I was just like, why? I don't get it at all. <laughs> um And then I've been doing a lot of cramming of, like, 2001 movies because... The year's almost over and you're convinced you can't... I can't watch watch another after this. I only know this because I recently re-listened to a show from last year. Yeah. And you said the same thing about 2000 movies. Yeah. You were cramming 2000 movies because once 2021 hits, you can't watch 2000... Or one, yeah, you can't watch two thousand movies anymore. Yeah, so I I have all my DVDs and Blu-rays basically like in this linen closet in my apartment, and I just don't use linens at all. So apparently, <laughs> so like I have like one shelf in my bedroom. You with just that sleep stuff. on snap and cases <laughs> of fear dot com. <laughs> everything. So my entire linen closet is by where my DVDs and Blu-rays are, but I don't have enough space. So like I have this one rack by my TV, and that's like where I put the stuff that I'm gonna watch soon. 
and I've had a copy of Traffic there since last December, oh boy. and I'm just like, I can't do it, because it came out in 2000. <laughs> it's over. Like, it's it's over. Like, maybe if, like, I, we ever do a podcast on Traffic. But other than that, I don't, I don't think there's, we a, will, but there's I, no chance you know that what? I could I, ever watch it. I wouldn't have thought we were going to do one on Antitrust, and here we are. There is, so there I'll never is. say never when yeah. it comes to Traffic. So, um, yeah, so I've got a few 2001 movies to catch up on that I'm not writing about. So I watched, um, I specifically watched three that I had not seen before. Okay. So I watched Joe Somebody. With Tim Allen, <laughs> okay. Which at the time it came out like during winter break in two thousand and one, and I was home from school, and I remember thinking like nobody's gonna fucking see Joe somebody with no. me, so like I'll get to it eventually, and I got to it twenty years. Twenty. Later. It took twenty years. It, that movie's garbage. It's stupid. But it's the thing that is interesting about it. And I texted you this is. It upsets me so much that Julie Bowen doesn't know her worth. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like for some reason I just have I've always had like a crush on Julie Bowen. I think she's funny and she's very cute and everything. And then in movie after movie after movie, yeah. she's like the easy get for the schlub. And I'm just like, <laughs> what is? I'm like, do you have low self esteem? Like, what right. is going on? You're like boxing way under your weight class. I think she found her niche though on Modern Family. I've yeah. never watched Modern Family, but yeah. obviously she's part of a hugely successful sitcom. So exactly, yeah. So uh, good. I mean, I'm. Good but yeah, for her it. film career is not great because I can really mm-hmm. only conjure up like Happy Gilmore and American Werewolf in Paris. Yeah, and but, Joe Somebody. Yeah, I know she. She's been in some other stuff. I can't, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I can't place it. But yeah, Joe Somebody sucks. It's like one of these movies where like. He Tim Allen gets like beat up by Patrick Varburton, and then like he's training the entire movie with Jim Belushi to like fight Varburton. Another Belushi, and then like they don't even have the fight at the end. Oh, cool! And it's just like, oh, well, thanks for this genial mess. <laughs> I appreciate it. Was it was remade as yeah. Fist Fight. I mean, not really, but wasn't that yeah. was that Charlie Day and it was Ice kind Cube? Of the same. Yeah, it yeah, sounds like it. Plot, yeah. Um, and then I watched Serendipity for the first time. <laughs> that movie's made for maniacs. <laughs> uh, the whole conceit of it bothers me because it's like, these are two, it, it, I mean, you know, you could be in a relationship and then like meet somebody on the street and like hit it off and have a magical evening and then like second guess everything that you ever knew about love. Sure. I, I can buy into that. Um, but the whole, like, let's leave it to chance thing is, like, masochistic. Yeah, I know. It's so stupid. It's really weird. And then, like, it's just a thing to to build a movie around, because right. otherwise there wouldn't be a movie. Right. And then, um, but I'm never, like, convinced that, like, Kate Beckinsale and John Cusack, other than these, like, coincidence totems, are meant to be together. Because there's not enough space at the beginning of the movie right. to make it seem like they're, you know, they have this undeniable chemistry with one another. Have you ever seen Kate Beckinsale have chemistry with anyone? That's a great question. Yeah, I've seen her be good in things, I, but they're not different like, question. But they're not like romantic movies. I don't think she's a romantic comedy lead. I don't know if she's like a romantic drama lead. Even. She's. Probably not. Yeah, this is this is really interesting. Yeah. This is more interesting than antitrust. <laughs> well, so it's <laughs> just about anything. Yeah, but... we'll get to antitrust <laughs> in the last ten minutes. <laughs> um, so this will just be like enough everything episode, and then it's right. just like you want to talk about antitrust? It's no. like not really. <laughs> <laughs> we'll wrap up. 
Um, and then, uh, but then, yeah, the thing that like you and I were kind of batting around, which is just like Bridget Moynihan is the other woman, right? And she's completely nice, yeah. And you know, she looks like Bridget Moynihan, right? And it's like there's no reason why. I don't know. It it's it becomes like that meme of like the guy looking over his shoulder at the other girl right. while Bridget Moynihan's just like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, dude? right. Because they don't. I yeah. mean, I get that it would have been too easy probably to make her mm-hmm. some sort of awful shrew. Yeah, and they don't even do that to Corbett, who's like the other man in Kate Beckinsale's life. But they do make him a little bit of like a stooge. Yeah, they make him kind of like, yeah, just like was that so, hard but, for you? Uh, a little bit. It was a <laughs> little bit. Them. It was one of those times, like, I'm almost always, like, ride or die for Corbett. Right. But this time I wasn't. Okay. Because, like, so I went succeeded to, in that way. I went to go see a movie about, like, a Christian movie about refugees because John Corbett was the lead. And I'm like, this is, like, an endangered species. I'll never <laughs> see this in a theater again. But, like, in serendipity, I'm just like, I, I get it. Like, I understand why right. Kate Beckinsale wouldn't, like, stick it out to date, you know, Yanni slash Michael Bolton. Right, 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 right. But, um... But they don't do any such thing with Bridget Moynihan. No. She's just nice and a good fit for Cusack and yet still yeah. gets tossed to the curb. And then Cusack breaks up with her on their wedding day off screen. Ugh. Because this is a movie. Hard to th- root for that guy. This movie reminded me a lot of like my ex-girlfriend from college because. Did she die she- in that fire? <laughs> no, she didn't die in okay. that fire. I met her later. I met her post-fire. <laughs> Um, it was my 21 grams relationship. <laughs> it was my 21 grams rebound. Um, no, the, the thing with her was she told me like, we have to break up. And then she, and then I was asking why. And like, one of the reasons why was because she saw an episode of Sabrina, the teenage witch, and it was about soul stones. And the uh, thing in the episode was like, her Sabrina's soul stone matched perfectly with some other guy that she wasn't with, where it almost matched with the guy that she was with. So she knew that, like, it was close, but no cigar, but she had to pursue this other relationship. And that's what Serendipity reminded me of. It's like, it's made for people who, like, have relationships that are, like, that immature. Right. Or, like, right. if you're having an argument with them on the phone, they'll cry and hang up on you instead uh-huh. of, like, continuing to talk and stuff like that. So it reminded me of, like, that type of thing. And also I remember thinking the whole time I was just like, I can't let Sabrina the Teenage Witch win. <laughs> Like, no, none of us can. During that whole thing, it wasn't even like, oh, I, I really want right. to be with this person right. anymore. It's just like, I can't be dumped on the Sabrina the right, Teenage right, Witch right. logic. And I was, and I, I have never gotten over it. You apparently. never should have been with that person. I'll Fires, Sabrina yeah. the Teenage Witch. It's all coming out on the antitrust episode. It's a good thing I'm not going to therapy anymore because this I've got is, this. <laughs> this is your most personal episode, yeah. which I appreciate. This is my hard, hairy episode. This is, yeah. <laughs> Wasn't that his name and pump up the volume? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Talk hard. I am talking hard. You are. Yeah, I'm talking dippity. Um <laughs> <laughs> We went to a dessert place in New York called Serendipity where they shot some of that. Oh movie. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh did they have like overpriced posters on the wall? I think so. Like yeah. yeah, I think it was like, "Hey, this was shot here." It like is that a movie anyone remembers really? It's got its base. I guess. I remember yeah. being Team America's Sweethearts that year. 
I was like, if there's going to be one Cusack romantic, one. Uh, I don't blame you, but like, <laughs> if there's one Cusack yeah. romantic comedy I'm getting behind, it's America's Sweethearts. That's not my Joe Roth movie. If what I is a, your Joe Roth it's movie? It's Cranks, man. Oh, God. Cranks. <laughs> um, Luther Crank. Ugh. I mean, what's her name? Nora Crank. I don't remember any of the Cranks names, but I have seen Cranks. Yeah. Yeah, um, I forgot that Joe Roth made that one. I I saw Cranks the day that I bought a Honda Civic, mm-hmm. and I went straight from the dealership to the movie theater, and I watched Alexander and Christmas with the Cranks. That's a rough day at the movies. At least yeah. you got that car. Yeah, I remember the entire time while I was watching Alexander, I was just like, should I leave and just go drive for a little <laughs> while? And then I remember the first CD I listened to in that car was... The new U2 CD was like How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb. That's a good That's a good album. Yeah. I like yeah. that one. Uh, and then the last uh, 2001 was I watched Kate and Leopold finally. Yes. And finally. <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was like kind of blast from the past-ish. Uh, yeah. It's not really like – it's kind of meant to be a romantic comedy, but like it was not really funny. It was just kind right. of this nice romance. Right. It's not necessarily dramatic, but it's just kind of a romance. Yeah. And um, I thought Hugh Jackman was awesome, and Meg Ryan's always adorable, and Brecken Meyer's fun, and yeah, Liev yeah. Schreiber's fun in it too. And um, it's got like a banger sting song at the end <laughs> called Until, There's which was no nominated. It's a banger sting song. <laughs> I like sting. I don't know. I like the police. I can't get I like... behind solo sting. Weird thing is I could get behind solo oh, sting, but the police, no. I'm just kind of like, eh, hit and miss. <laughs> but solo sting, I'm just like, I'm dreaming of a band new. One thing I've noticed is that um, I have, at 39 years old, I have the musical taste of like somebody who would order CDs from Columbia House yeah, right, in 1990, right, right. <laughs> like all that like weird thing where it was like a, adult contemporary yes. like was huge back right. then. I remember. Like now I'm just like you know what, Time, Love, and Tenderness by Michael Bolton is pretty fucking good. <laughs> I really like Paul Simon's African Choir period. <laughs> Everybody in the late 80s or early yeah. 90s had an African choir period. They were experimenting. All the music that out. our parents listened to. But uh, yeah, that Sting song from Kate and Leopold. I, <laughs> I mean, don't like, remember it. It's such a it's a, it's a beautiful little bow tie <laughs> on, a, on a classy film. I haven't seen it since 2001 in the theater, but I remember thinking it was cute. I remember thinking cute. James Mangold is a really good director. Yes. Uh, it can do pretty much any genre. Yeah. Um, Talented guy. And I, there is a, a an alternate cut of the movie, like a longer version, where I think I heard about this, but where you find out that at some point, like Liev Schreiber's family and Meg Ryan's family were related. Oh, so it makes it weird that they're dating now. Yeah, I don't. I I like it. But better I think that, that got cut out. I like it better that it was like a fate thing where like they were dating so that like a serendipity thing. It, it's better serendipity. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. Uh, and then I watched a couple of new things. Yeah. I watched Spencer in theaters last weekend. Oh, God. I was like, the Marky, the fucking Mark Wahlberg. No. <laughs> no, I not that Spencer one. Confidential not that in my one. head. No, not I skipped that one. Spencer with um, Kristen Stewart. I am not the Mark Wahlberg completist that you are. I think I'm a Spencer. <laughs> I think Princess Diana's here and she's upset. <laughs> <laughs> Let's shoot a handheld, bro. <laughs> I think you're not fitting into societal norms. <laughs> that reminds need... me a lot of Jackie. I think you need to do some cryo. 
I think you need prayer time. <laughs> um, How's Spencer? It's. It, I think if you like Jackie or don't like Jackie, that's how you'll feel about Spencer. Okay. Although maybe the the thing that will put it over for you is Kristen Stewart's very good in it. Yeah, um, that would put it over for me. I was having a little trouble with her performance at first just because it's very, like, clenched and it's very affected. But Okay. Did I you think... have problems with Natalie Portman and Jackie? Yeah, but I mean, like, in it both cases... It was very big. <laughs> I'm both... Jackie. In both cases, though, I forgot about it as the movie went along and I, I kind of was more on board with the performance. Got it. Um, and... I like the way that Pablo Lorraine shoots movies. I, yeah. I like that whole kind of, it's sort of film Kubricky yeah. kind of claustrophobic, like one, three, three type yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, I don't think like the movie completely works. Like there's some scenes in it that are great. And there's some scenes where I'm just like, Oh, like I'm analyzing it as I'm watching it where I'm just like, that's kind of like a weird device that you're doing. And, the ending's kind of like off tone, I think, with a lot of the rest of the movie and everything like that. So I was I was going back and forth, but I liked it more than I didn't like it. Okay. I'll take it. And then the last thing I had was um I watched the Bar- Boris Karloff documentary. The it's called Boris Karloff, The Man Behind the Monster. Okay. And Shout Factory produced it. Um it came out like at the end of October. Um, okay. you can rent it. It's um very straightforward it's kind of more like and then he did this and then he did this Mm. and then he did this but it's it's interesting and like it goes into a lot of like his television work like in the 60s and 70s which i didn't necessarily knew about so it made me want to like show that he used to host like thriller Thriller, yeah so it made me kind of want to seek out like certain episodes of thriller and then there's like a few movies of his that i never saw that um that looked cool from like seeing clips of it and everything like that but like it's I, I liked it from the standpoint of um, it was a good, like, post-scary movie month, like, hangover type of movie okay. where it's like, okay, like, I'm not ready for, like, to jump back into horror just yet, but, like, right. watching this kind of, you know, light movie that you can look at your phone while you're watching and everything <laughs> like that is, is perfectly fine. Okay. Yeah. I'll check it out at some point. Yeah. Maybe when it hits Shout Factory TV. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. My turn? Yeah. Uh, I saw just today, I saw Eternals Yep. because I took my son and a friend of his, it was our first time doing that, like being the dad who takes your son and his friend to the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the movie that I thought it would be based on the trailer. Yeah. I was not into it. All the dialogue is expository. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of characters, uh, and the cast is fascinating because it's like this, on the one hand, it's like this A24 cast with Barry Keegan and uh, who can't play a hero. I'm sorry. Now that I've seen Killing of a Sacred Deer, yeah. like, I can't buy him as a superhero at all. It's like seeing like Lucas Hedges play Frank Abagnale. It's just like, <laughs> no, nope, this just isn't a thing. <laughs> um, and the only person with any like star power in the movie is Angelina Jolie, who's yeah. like kind of underused, I thought. And mm-hmm. I was like, I see her in a superhero movie where she's playing the lead, but mm-hmm. she's just part of the supporting cast. There's all these like interesting things about it in terms of the direction and the casting. And, you know, it's it's a much more diverse cast. And we have the first deaf superhero and yeah. the first uh, gay superhero. And, uh, you know, so there's all these things that are interesting about it. But it's like 
boring and repetitive and yeah. and kind of a mess. Every time I think about seeing it, I just remember that it's like two hours and 40 minutes. It and sure I is. Just... And feels it. Yeah. Well, it's kind of what I wanted to know. Yeah. yeah. It, if I wasn't there with Charlie, I don't know what I would have done. I, like, I don't walk out of movies, but it would have mm-hmm. been very tempting. Okay. Because I just wasn't, I wasn't feeling it today. doesn't mean it's a, like a horrible movie. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, I would probably place it third though of the marvel movies that came out this year i would probably put mm-hmm. shang chi first and yeah. then black widow which i didn't really like and then eternals yeah black widow at least had the florence Pugh performance to kind of pull me through it this is true yeah i forgot about how lame black widow was yeah it's like a nothing of a movie mm-hmm. but uh but it's functional in a way that i'm not <laughs> sure eternals is yeah but again some people are loving it are they? I think for the ways that it's heard. different. Yeah. I mean, I Yeah, but are they loving it for the movie or are they loving it because of its like representation? No, and, no, I like... think I think for the movie. Okay. There's at least one guy I follow on Twitter with a huge following who has been singing its praises and okay. not for those reasons. He he genuinely likes the scope of it and likes the sort okay. of Jack Kirby cosmicness of it all. I'll get to it at some point, but yeah. It's uh it looks like homework. It, it might be a Disney Plus. Yeah, watch. I maybe I'll be on Disney Plus sooner rather than later because Shang Chi was pretty quick. That was very quick. And I heard was like that because of Disney Plus Day. Maybe and I heard like Encanto bullshit. <laughs> yeah, their holiday. Um, yeah. I heard Encanto, which is their Thanksgiving release. Yeah, is going to be on Disney Plus like Christmas Eve for real. So I'm just like, that's great. I don't have to go see it at 11 p.m. No. to not look like a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm not excited about Encanto. I, there's nothing in the trailer that gets me interested no. in it, but yeah. The best thing about the trailers before Eternals was that there's... there was no Eternals trailer. <laughs> That's good. What's the new Eternals trailer? Uh, that... I don't know. I saw Sing 2. Okay. I saw Morbius. Yeah, that might be the next Morbius one. Morbius might be, because yeah. holy shit. <laughs> Who thought that was a good idea? I don't get, Is like... it 1997? Did I fall asleep and travel back in time? there's a certain charm for me not that i like any of these movies but there's a certain charm for me that like sony just didn't evolve in their superhero filmmaking since like the fantastic four days and things like that but the thing that drives me crazy is like especially around q4 you see jared leto popping up in trailers for like this that and the other and if anybody from like hollywood like bothered to visit a flyover state and be like hey do you like jared leto it's like no right no one likes him like i don't get why he's in so many movies in these like large colorful supporting parts or as leads and things like that like i don't understand who is like is it still like the girls who liked him from my so-called life and now they're like moms and like they're just what is it i don't get what's the last movie you would say he was good in I would have to look it up. Because it's not Dallas Buyers Club, for which he won an Oscar. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Because he went through a period where he was just doing, like, the Fight Club type of roles. Or, like, Panic Room. And he's not good in that either. It's just he's very showy. Right. Yes, very showy. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, but Morbius does not look good. It's like the the spawn of blood shots. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like... It's like if Venom Let There Be Carnage won the Democracy Award. Like. <laughs> All of the villains, by the way, the the, the villain in um, Eternals is like these Let There Be Carnage dogs. 
It's the most uninteresting villain. It's like, what, it's since Galactus Cloud. I will say at least to Venom, let there be Carnage's credit. Which I have not seen, to be fair. Which I have seen, and yeah. it's not it's it's not a zero or one star movie. I would give it a solid two. Okay. That's, I think, where I would land with Eternals. Woody Harrelson and Naomi Harris are at least having a lot of fun. I didn't and know they, Naomi Harris was in it. Yeah, and, like, they keep it interesting when they're okay. on screen. The stuff that doesn't work in it is, like, the Tom Hardy and Venom stuff, but, like, at least they give Michelle Williams something to do this time. Okay. And she seems to be, like, for once enjoying herself in a movie. Okay. And, like, in on a joke. So, yeah. like, I like that. And then, like, yeah, the Woody Harrelson-Naomi Harris thing, when they were paired up, it's just, like... Oh, this movie's got some life to it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's like, you know, it's like going to, like, if you wanted to go see, like, MC Hammer. It's like, <laughs> you know what you're going to get. But, like, if you're in the spirit of seeing MC Hammer, you might have a f- good right. time. And, like, $200 million worth of people want to see MC cow. Hammer. Holy cow. Paul Thomas Anderson liked it. Yeah, he did. I saw a really funny tweet from somebody whose name I have no idea what it is, but mm-hmm. he posted he, that he got his booster, and he was like, they were all out of the fun Band-Aids. And it's a picture of him wearing a Band-Aid yeah. decorated with Manchester by the Sea. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was funny. That is funny. Um, uh, I saw Urban Cowboy for the first time. Yeah. Again, inspired by the New Beverly Calendar because they're doing that James Bridges retrospective. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked it. I mean, it's yeah. it's good. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I I didn't know what it was. Like I never knew what it was really about. I knew that it was like John Travolta playing a cowboy. Yeah. I know there's a mechanical bull involved. And that's like the extent to which I knew about Urban Cowboy and we've owned the DVD for at least a decade mm-hmm. and I've just never watched it. I don't know why. Um so I didn't expect him to be as big of like a prick as he is in that movie. Yeah. He's got a real Tony Manero energy in it. it yeah. I mean it really is Saturday yeah. Night Fever it's in like Texas. It's like the maid to swingers. Right. Of Saturday Night Fever, <laughs> right. Which is probably why I still like it, you know, quite a bit. But, it's good. Again, yeah. it's good movie star Travolta. Deborah yeah. Winger's really great. Scott Glenn is a piece of shit, yeah. you know. <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed it. That's it's good. a little long. It's like 2.15, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Not every movie needs to be two hour, over two hours. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I really liked it. Yeah. Uh, and we, we rewatched Perfect also last week. I did week. too. Yeah. I thought it was just kind of okay. Yeah. Again, it, it has stuff bizarre it editing choices. Yeah. There's stuff in it that's good, but, like, as a story, it's just a mess. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, not my favorite James Bridges movie, but it did, no. it did give me a newfound crush on Mary Lou Henner, which I did not know that I was worth something. Uh, and I mean, like I was watching Love Lights Hanukkah all year and didn't know that this was in her back pocket. But, uh, I started rewatching Taxi after watching Perfect. Oh yeah. Not just because of okay. Mary Lou Henner, but, yeah. uh, I think rewatching Taxi had more to do with us watching modern romance and seeing James L. Brooks pop up. Gotcha. Um, Three more. One yeah. is Street Gang, How We Got to Sesame Street, which is a documentary that Erica and I watched last night that okay. I highly recommend. Okay. Uh, not a not a ton of new information, especially if you've read the book Street Gang, but lots of really interesting behind-the-scenes footage of how Sesame Street was made mm-hmm. and just gives you such an appreciation for what they were trying to do. And Erica was crying within the first three minutes because yeah. she just was like, there will never be – 
another Jim Henson. There will never be something as pure as this mm-hmm. where they're really trying to do something to teach kids uh, with the with the well-being of humans in mind because yeah. things are just so cynical and commercial now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I appreciate it on that level. Where was it that you We rented it? it on Amazon. Oh, okay. My guess is right. it's an HBO documentary, so my guess is it'll show up on HBO Max pretty soon. Okay. Uh, so you may wait for that, but we rented it for like four bucks. I saw in the like upcoming movie release calendar that there's going to be like a Sesame Street movie coming out supposedly in January and like Anne Hathaway's in it. But like I have not seen a trailer or heard anything about no. it. No. It was just like this is coming out the same day I think as like Scream. And I'm just like, hmm. is it? Right. I don't know. Weird. Yeah. Okay. The last two that I saw are also movies that I know you saw. Yeah. Let's start with the bad one. Okay. Home Sweet Home Alone. Yeah. Which was originally going to be our Spotlight Showcase movie. Yeah. Spotlight Showcase Vanguard. (laughs) Um, uh, On the holiday episode, which is coming up in about a month. um, But we both watched it this weekend because my kids wanted to watch it. and. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's shitty. In ways that I wasn't expecting. Okay. Um, it I, makes a bizarre choice. Yeah. To make the burglars, Ellie Kemper and, and Rob, Delaney. Rob Delaney, in theory, sympathetic. I'm not saying that they actually end up being sympathetic, but like mm-hmm. half the movie is about them and their need to save their house for their kids. Yeah. Which just makes... The, the little kid, like, more of a villain. Yeah. There's nothing about the little kid that's heroic in this one. No. It's really weird. He's the antagonist. <laughs> and the, the thing that I find not upsetting, because that's going too far. I'm not, like, going to give this movie much thought after no. we talk about no. it. But, like, no. the thing that I found depressing and made me hate people while I was watching it <laughs> is that... It's become like this 1% movie, like where right. these people live in castles, basically, in Winnetka, and they're punching down the Ellie Kemper, Rob Delaney characters who are, like, rich, but not rich enough. Right. And, um, you know, not that it makes it right or wrong or anything like that, but, like, this kid from Jojo Rabbit who's playing the new, like, Macaulay Culkin stand-in, like... He's just this little privileged asshole and everything. And, like, there's so many characters in the movie that are just kind of, like, giving Ellie Kemper and Rob Delaney shit because of their situation. Where, like, you know, somebody's, like, lost their job and, like, that's the reason why they can't afford their home anymore and everything like that. And it's just really depressing. And um, I was... On the edge of my seat during part of the movie, just being like, is Culkin going to do a cameo in this? Right. And then he didn't. Right. And that gave me so much more respect for him (laughs) because it's like Keanu not coming back for Speed (laughs) 2. Like, it would have been such a no-brainer and, like, he probably would have gotten, like, a nice payday for coming back because it would have given this little shit movie, like, some level of legitimacy or something that disney could like milk for like promotion for their holiday and everything like that but like i give him so much respect for just being like no let devin rattray do it i'm not like buzz did come back for one 
killer sequence. Yeah. So I don't. Know. It, it was. I had one other thing to say about it, but I can't remember, but like, it doesn't matter, <laughs> but it's, it, it was just a real bummer of an experience. Like I, I, I like stupid Christmas comedies. Like Christmas I like cranks. cranks. Yeah, I right. like deck the halls. I right. mean, like I don't mind like seeing people with like bad behavior, like in Christmas movies, but Oh, you know what movie you would love? Batter Santa. <laughs> I didn't see the sequel. <laughs> I didn't either. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, is Batter Santa the unrated oh, version maybe. of Bad Santa? Because then Bad Santa Two, yeah, was okay. Yeah. I never saw either one. Yeah, I, just I didn't saw Bad either. Santa yeah, I didn't either. But it's um, my fill. No, it, it just made it into this kind of like punching down the the people who are unprivileged or less privileged thing, and I thought that was disgusting. Yeah, and it, it, I wondered, I was like, is this what it felt like when Roger Ebert saw Home Alone? Because, like, none Maybe. of it's funny, and all of it just seems painful and mean-spirited, mm-hmm. and like, well, this would kill them. Uh, and I guess I'm supposed to be laughing, but I found that shit in Home Alone hysterical, because yeah. it was 1990 and I was a child, but Roger Ebert didn't like it. I'm like, oh, have I just grown into the age that Roger Ebert was. And now I'm like, well, this isn't funny. This is just mean spirited. Yeah. Cruel. But also, I mean like the thing with, Oh, I remember the other thing I was going to say. And this kind of ties into this point, but like the thing with the original home alone was, and the thing I like about it as an adult is I think all the stuff like outside of the slapstick is still pretty funny. Agreed. Like there's a lot of stuff with Catherine O'Hara and John Candy that's funny. Like these throwaway the whole lines. The first half of the movie is still funny. Macaulay Culkin is like – it's a great comedic performance yes. and he's very charming. Yes. And like you are rooting for him because he feels like a real kid. Right. And like that's one thing that's great. And he's got like these little moments like – He's walking with the bags of groceries, and then it breaks, and he just gives this camera, yeah. like, this look to the camera when shrugs, and I'm like, that's funny. Like, it's, <laughs> it's a little moment. Him screaming when the van almost hits him yeah. is my biggest laugh in the movie. And Pesci and Stern know just the right note to play it, where you're f- almost fine with them getting their asses kicked because, like, they're creeps. Right. Like, but they're entertaining. They're not, like, too mean-spirited. It's, right. It's right in the spirit of it. And that's the thing that I... I I just th- remembered was I'm so and I've said this before but I'm so sick of these fucking comedians being in movies like Home Sweet Home Alone and then they go on their podcasts and they make fun of like better movies and they're just like aren't we better than those movies <laughs> but then they do this garbage right and I think it's maybe it's okay that comedy died as a genre if like 99 out of 100 quote-unquote comedic actors are funny zero out of 100 times. (laughs) Like, none of the stuff, like, they're mugging, like, incessantly. And, like, none of it lands. And you can only blame the writing so much. It's like, bro, maybe you're just not funny. Like, it's... But I I just... I don't know. I I thought the kid from Jojo Rabbit probably gave the funniest performance. I don't think he's given that much funny to do, but he's he has not, a couple deadpan lines that I was like, oh, okay. that was amusing, the way he delivered that line. And there's some, like, stuff where, like, they're repeating lines from the previous movie, but it's, like, oh. 80 yard in. Ugh. And it's, like, these weird takes where, Stop like... Stop calling back to a better movie. It's, like, these weird takes where, like, he's saying the line, but, like, he's not on camera saying the line. Right. And it's, like, right, maybe right, right. he just, like, couldn't do it on, like, on the take. Yeah. It's weird. It's a bad movie. It is a bad movie. Yeah. Uh, a much better movie that we watched from yeah. 1998 yes. is Caught Up, 
directed, written and directed by Darren Scott of Tales mm-hmm. from the Hood fame. Yes. I think I talked about this on last week's show that like I was thinking about Bokeem Woodbine and then I remembered that I'd never seen Caught Up and wanted to watch it and mm-hmm. it's on Amazon Prime. So I watched it. And honestly, within the credits, I was like, this movie's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> this movie is it exactly is. what I've been looking for. It's got the nutso 3,000 miles to Graceland credits. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But, like, they're more in keeping with the spirit of the movie than the 3,000 Miles to Graceland oh, sure. Scorpion credits yeah. that make no sense. But Keem Woodbine also in 3,000 Miles to Graceland. Yes. Um, I share an affinity for Mr. Woodbine's work yes. in movies. Um, I was while I was, watching, while I was watching Caught Up, I was like, is he going to be in anything coming up? And he plays, like, Sheriff so-and-so in Ghostbusters Afterlife. So oh, now I'm just like, right. oh, I'm going to see the new Bokeem movie. <laughs> like, I don't care. Like... This is where I'm at now. I'm just like, I could give less of a shit about, like, the totems of oh, Ghostbusters. God, but, like, now I'm it. just like, oh, I'm just going to see the new Bokeem Woodbine <laughs> movie. Um, but Caught Up is amazing. Yeah, it is. Caught Up is like, I described it to you, it's like, choose your own adventure. Like, the funny thing is... It becomes a different movie every 20 minutes. The funny thing is the trailer makes it seem like it's a horror movie. Or, like, right, some kind right. of, like, Bones type of thing. Right. And like it goes down because even as the you voiceover. pointed out, it's narrated by the devil. Yeah. Okay. Have you seen? Did you watch? No, the trailer? I didn't. So you, after we're done recording, you have to watch I it. Will. But they're just like, it's just like Pokemon Woodbine. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Louis Armstrong. It's basically it's just like he had all the time <laughs> in the world to get caught up. <laughs> Only love. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, the, it's just, it's so funny. It's just like caught up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I remember seeing the trailer from a long time ago yeah. because I kept expecting mm-hmm. some sort of supernatural twist Yeah, and it never comes. No. But that doesn't make the movie any less amazing. It's got your boy from Marked for Death in it. Screwface? Yeah. Yeah. When <laughs> Screwface showed up, I was like, holy shit. It's got, um, I love Clifton Powell, especially when he plays over the top. Did you ever see, like, the Friday sequels? I saw Next Friday. Okay. He plays a guy, I forgot what his name was in those movies, but he's so funny. It's like Pinky. Okay. And he's just like, he has, he, it's it's one of the funniest, like, comedic performances I've seen in, like, Especially like a Christmas movie, they're okay. so funny. You could watch like a compilation of his stuff in like on a U- on YouTube and stuff. Okay. But he, I always perk up when he's in a movie. And then like Cinda Williams was awesome Good in Lord. the nineties, and she looked beautiful in it and everything. I and, texted you like I was not yeah. prepared for Cinda Williams. In I was this movie. prepared because I've had that thought when I was watching Mo Better Blues, which I, I haven't just seen. Like, what is going on? This is amazing. <laughs> um, and. Uh, yeah, but no, Caught Up is just so much fun. I'm so glad that I finally watched it and that you kind of put it in my ear to like, you know, that you were watching it. So I was like, oh, this is the perfect excuse to catch up with it. Literally all the way to the last yeah. 10 minutes. I don't want to spoil the actor that shows up in the last 10 minutes or what his role is. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 But it's like, holy shit, you too? <laughs> yeah. This, is, <laughs> this movie has everything. Yeah. I love it. It's got so many like just... It will stop you dead in its tracks funny spots. Like, I, I, I don't often, like, laugh out loud by myself at home. Yes. But, like, yes. 
I remember the last time I did that was maybe when I saw Drop Zone and I saw Gary Busey's death in that. I was just like, <laughs> that is the weirdest, wildest thing I've ever seen. And then in this, it's just like the movie shot in this like real frenetic way. Yes. And there's this shootout in a parking garage where like Cinda Williams and Bokeem Woodbine are getting chased by like breathless Mahoney, basically. <laughs> and then like, and then Bokeem Woodbine just like, I'm going out with a gold punk. And I just like burst out laughing. And he's got this one moment where they're at a club and he's just like, everybody was looking at me weird. Cause I realized all my dance moves were out of step by oh, 10 yeah, years. Right? And I was just like, and it's so funny. Like it is. it's, uh, it's putting a hat on a hat for that joke, but like it's somehow doubly as funny right. that his narration right. says it. So, yeah, caught up rules. And it kind of fits for Noir Vember, if you're somebody who's playing mm-hmm. along with Noir Vember. It's very, very much, much a, so. a neo-noir. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's good stuff. It's Darren Scott's first movie as director, which I think is why it's so frenetic, because mm-hmm. it's like, this is all the stuff I've ever wanted to do in a movie. You can always tell when it's somebody's first movie, because it's like, yeah. I may never get a chance to do this again. Yeah. I'm going to go fucking crazy. It was the last movie made by Live Entertainment before they became artisan. R.I.P. Live. Yeah. Um, you know we're going to get like a comment like, all right, I watched Caught Up because you guys sang the praises and I did not like it. And that's fine. Not everybody has our taste. I don't but think it's fine. I think people should watch this movie. It's streaming on Amazon Prime. Yeah, it's free on Amazon Prime. Yeah. And watch, I, it if, is. If this imaginary douchebag doesn't like it, then too bad. Even if you don't like it, like yeah. it's so entertaining. Yeah. It's so entertaining. Anyway. Yeah. Yes. Speaking of entertaining, yeah, let's talk about a movie that's not especially entertaining, and that is 2001's Antitrust. Yeah, so I apologize for making you do a show on Antitrust. <laughs> it's okay. What are we, like 40 minutes in? Uh, no, uh, yeah, about 50 minutes in, yeah. Okay, so like you got a lot of bang for your buck pre-Antitrust. That's right, so... you got recommendations galore. Yes, yeah. So we do a holiday episode every year, and you and I, I think, both really enjoy recording that episode. For it's, sure. It's it's a blast. Yeah. Um, so I was like, well, how do I couch antitrust? Because this movie, like, of all the movies we've done shows on, this is the one that probably deserves a show the least. Yeah. At least I think, up there. Uh, it would be like this or Cool World, I would say. <laughs> okay. I think there's more <laughs> Cool World to chew on, but... Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. I think I just read that's coming out on Blu-ray in January. Okay. I might be the world's biggest cool world. Really? I kind of like that movie. And by that, I mean I'm the biggest fan because I kind of <laughs> like it. <laughs> um, I remember going to see it in a theater and yeah. not loving it. Yeah. But. I rewatched it when I did that like summer of 92 redo thing mm-hmm, with you. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, I, I was like, am I watching this right? Like, <laughs> did, I, am I, did I get a cut that nobody else has? There is supposedly a much longer version that Ralph Bakshi made and wanted mm-hmm. to release, and the movie got cut way down. And yeah. I kind of would be interested in seeing his vision. Okay. All right. So antitrust. So antitrust. Like, Here we are. So I was like, okay, well, how do I couch this antitrust episode? So I'm I'm dubbing this, this is the Thanksgiving turkey that I'm giving Oh, you. nicely done. So like, and where the, the bird is a little bland. Okay. <laughs> but the sides are a little more interesting. <laughs> well, you've just started a new tradition now at this yeah. movie where every Thanksgiving we're going to have to do the turkey episode. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Uh, just like February with the Crow City of Angels kicked off the February sci-fi fantasy fuck-up <laughs> slot. 
<laughs> what are we doing next year? Spawn. For that? Oh, that's right. <laughs> we got to wait till February for Spawn. Yeah. Shit. The people demand it now. Yeah, people are anxious for Spawn, which is really cool. I'm, Spawn. Spawn. Uh, we'll do a commentary track on the pest to keep you at bay <laughs> um, in, in the meantime. But um, so antitrust was – this was a first for me for at this movie where I usually um, – to peel behind the curtain, I usually will watch the movie at home. I'll put my phone away. I'll take notes while I'm watching the movie and then like I'll condense it into like the actual show notes. So it's sort of more like just off the top of my head stuff while I'm watching it. Yeah. I'm scribbling down this time. I didn't take notes because I watched the entire movie on my phone at the <laughs> Nissan dealership while I was waiting <laughs> for my rear brake pads to be replaced. I don't think you lost out on anything. That's I think that's almost how antitrust was made to be seen. Yeah, I think that's where the under those were. very specific conditions. So I will. So keep in mind, I might be just watching it from the lens of at the Nissan dealership. Sure, but it didn't really work for me this no? time. And the weird did it work thing for is, you the first time? Yes, for real. In two thousand and one, this was a movie that I recommended to everybody at blockbuster okay, when i worked this there. is a surprise yeah how did how many customers did you lose i uh, i don't know i'm not sure i know that there was one time where i recommended the insider to somebody and they were like my batting average was like two out of two before the insider with this person and then when i recommended the insider they're just like i'm good like i don't you need um, that person the but insider like rules but yeah the the antitrust one was Nobody ever like told me what they thought of it, but I remember I was always like pushing. Is it because antitrust. they forgot that they saw it? Maybe because that's the kind of movie it is. It is. It is kind of ephemeral. The one positive thing I can really say about antitrust is that I miss when movies like this were made and came out to theaters. Yes. Like, of this scope with this kind of cast. I mean, there's a weirdly strong cast for a movie like this, and I can't figure out why anybody signed on to make it. And MGM, like, would make all these movies that, like, I'm convinced. I'm like, how do they make money off of any of them? Yeah, they I don't, always I look don't like, think they ever did. Yeah, it was always like, we're going to throw in, like, 30, 40 million and, like, we'll get back six. Right. And it's just, like, one after the I other. I think, like, their yeah. one Bond movie every four years bankrolled their entire slate for the next couple. It's crazy because, like, all they did after that, basically, was make these, like, adult dramas yeah. or, like, romance, schmaltzy, like, love story type movies yeah. and things like that. Um, but yeah, antitrust was like, it came out, um, when I was in school and I didn't see it in the theaters, but then like when I came back to work at Blockbuster over summer break, it came out in May and it was like right when I got back for summer break and everything. And I remember like feeling this kind of ownership of it hmm. because I unboxed it and I prepped it and I put it on the shelf and I watched it like the week ahead of like it being street dated. And it everything. was your baby. It was my baby. I like I, I, I took those rental copies and I made them PVTs and stuff like <laughs> wow. that's previously. You saw tapes. it through its entire life I saw, cycle. I saw like the whole life cycle of antitrust. <laughs> and I remember at the time, like amongst me and the other CSRs, like, you know. <laughs> Customer service representatives, we're we're just like we're 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 having the Philippi t conversation, we're sure. having the Rachel Lee Cook conversation, we're having the Claire Forlani conversation. You know, Tim Robbins is hot on this villain trail after Arlington Road, right? Like, like it was a Buster buzz. <laughs> 
So I get why Tim Robbins signed on to make this movie because yeah. he's play, he gets to play Bill Gates yeah. slash Steve Jobs. You yes. know, so there's something for him to play. Yeah. Why did anyone else sign on to this movie? Money. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I. This cast is interesting because it's so of its time. Like this is the type of movie where only in 2001 could you have had like right. Philippe Cook Forlani as your top three. Right. And but Cook, I mean, was had been tested as a movie star in yeah. terms of she's all that, and like that movie was a success. So for her to then be like, I, I know she's second build, but she's really a, a supporting player yeah. in antitrust without a part to play at all. She's just kind of like she's a prop. She yeah. wears eyeliner, like yeah. that's kind of her whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just very surprising to me. Uh, and then you get a, a deep bench of supporting actors, mm-hmm. including one Tyler Labine playing a, a Smash Mouth song made sentient. <laughs> He's uh, playing if Woodstock 99 got a job. <laughs> everything about him from his facial hair to yeah. his frosted tips yeah. to his long leather jacket. Uh, cut, they cut his life into pieces. This was his <laughs> last resort. And I mean, I, I've enjoyed Tyler Labine and yeah. lots of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, he really is like 2001 come to life in this movie or like 2000 actually. And that's one thing I like about this movie a bit is that (laughs) it's just this time capsule of these elements that like meant a lot to me for some reason back then. But like now I'm just like, really? Um, I started to furiously text you when they show up to the cocktail party and you hear heroes playing. Oh, yeah. Because I thought it was the Wallflowers version for a second. Oh. And I was like, that belongs to Zilla. <laughs> uh, but and then I realized it was the actual – they paid for the actual Bowie version and I stopped. I had to erase my text, oh. embarrassed. Well, at least you didn't commit that sin. <laughs> no, I so know. I appreciate that. Uh, I – and it's it's just funny, like just listening. And you know, any movie that's based on technology that's twenty years old is going to seem kind of quaint. But like this, it's basically <laughs> like people are getting CDs murdered. back and forth. People are getting murdered because like they're trying to like share video, <laughs> and it's right. like buffering slowly, so it's choppy and like, pixelated and things right. like that. And that's what these guys are like on the frontier of is like cleaner transfer of of video files yeah and um compression compression sorry it's all about compression it's all yeah in ways i mean like some of the tech speak is still you know quote unquote relevant because like i watched every episode of silicon valley on hbo and their whole thing was trying to come up with a new compression as well Mm -hmm. so that's still a concern of developers but then as soon as they're passing CDs back and forth, it's yeah. like, oh, right, it's 2001. Yes. This is how we shared data. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But, like, for some reason, too, like, I think one of the reasons why I kind of, like, like vibed with this movie so hard in, like, 2001 was I was in business school and, like, I – movies of the time of, like, say, like, 1998 through, like, the early 2000s like really fucked with me with like what the business world was going to end up right. being. Like I like you've got mail convinced me that basically like by the time I was twenty five, I was just gonna be like walking around with my buddy drinking Starbucks and being like, decision, decision, decision. <laughs> and then like I didn't have to do any work. 
Like, I thought that was what was going to happen. I yeah. thought, like, what women want was, like, oh, oh that's God. what it's going to be like to work at a marketing agency. And all the girls are going to want to fuck me. And, like, I don't have to do anything. And it's just, like, no, that's not how it is. You have to actually work. And you have to be, like, not a creep <laughs> if you want to ever have a career. I really don't like that movie. <laughs> so it's, like, uh, or The Family Man is another example where no, I'm just, that like, movie I do like, I'm, like, I'm going to be a captain of industry yes. and, like, stuff like that. And it's, just, it's, like, I'm all about the dollar. And then, like, I take, like, one finance class and get, like, a C. And I'm just, like, <laughs> oh, maybe I'm not. The... And then, like, I watch Antitrust and I'm just, like, oh, I don't have to fucking do anything. Like, I go to Indiana University. I'm in business school. I've got a B average. I'm going to get recruited by the best. Yeah, and then, you like, are. And then I, I'm like... By nerve. Why is nerve not recruiting me? <laughs> and it's just like, oh, because I'm not... I'm, I'm not a pioneer programmer or anything like that. So all these movies had, like, this pull for me back then. And then, like, it's just kind of funny when I look back to, like, naive younger me of, like, what film taught me about like being in you know a boiler rooms another one and then <laughs> yeah, it's I just knew that like, was one of them and then it's just like oh you know but it, it was of its time and i have a certain amount of nostalgia for it but um yeah this is a real like over long sleepy kind of you know casual paranoia thriller he figures out what's going on like so early way too early in the movie at the end of like act one he figures out what's happening that's not how these movies work yeah the thing that bothered me the most about that was because i was thinking of like this act structure too and they're missing like 20 minutes of him being seduced by this world yes there's no... And then another 20 where he's like, something seems up. Yes, it's the firm. Right. You, got, you have to... <laughs> right. Like, you get recruited. You don't understand, like, that it's nefarious or you're, like, overlooking it. Like, maybe I don't understand it or, like... But look at all this money and right, look at all this right. prestige I'm getting right. and, like, all these contacts I'm making and everything like that. Like, there would be, like, probably... I guess he's got a mentor character with like Tim Robbins, but like there probably should be somebody kind of like in between them who's right. sort of like the Gene Hackman in the firm. Tyler Levine. Yeah. He shows him the lay of the land, but then he disappears to become the heavy. So I don't know. But uh <laughs> Antitrust. This is the type of movie where the actual movie isn't interesting to talk about, but I think like the sides around it are interesting to All talk right. about. So like so I find this movie interesting because it's sort of like one side of like the coin of Ryan Phillippe taking down corruption movies with Breach, which is a much, much better Breach movie. Breach is a good movie. And that's about kind of like him. He's working for the government that time. Yeah. But like it also has to do with like computer crime and cyber crime and everything like that. And um, it's I don't know. It's almost like this is like a warm up to Breach. Well, let's talk about Philippi because yeah. he's somebody that I like, mm -hmm. but I could probably count on like one hand the movies in which I've liked him. Okay. I like him in a certain mode, um, and I was very resistant to him early on because I didn't really know who he was, and I knew he was in Cruel Intentions, and I did not want to see cruel intentions because i hated the trailer and i thought he was just a pretty boy and every time he's like she will be my greatest victory yeah he's like, like fuck a, this guy he looked like, like a j crew sweater yes and then i saw the movie yeah. and i was like oh this, this movie is actually funny and he's yeah. in on the joke and yeah. like i really like cruel intentions but yeah 
it was a case where I was very wrong based on the marketing. Um, and I love him in like way of the gun, mm-hmm. you know, breach works with anybody pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and antitrust works or doesn't work with anybody. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about this movie again, except for a paycheck that drew Ryan Philippi to this part. Like I hate that his name is Milo. Yeah. I hate all of the like eccentric programmer stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie brought to you by Pepsi, by the way. A lot of Pepsi. Lots of Pepsi. At one point, Claire Forlani is drinking a Pepsi. They cut away, comes back, and she's turned the logo towards the camera, which mm-hmm. is very nice. Yeah. And then in the uh, nursery, there's nothing but a Pepsi machine. We got to talk about the nursery. Or the daycare. I don't know what they call yeah, it. Yeah, it's like a daycare yeah. place. But, but it's uh, an empty room with nothing but a Pepsi machine. So Ryan Philippi, yeah. for me, is... Um, I like him. I like him, too. But I feel like he kind of won me over gradually because i kind of felt the same way like cruel intentions i know what you did last summer even yeah, the way see, of the gun for me, like i thought he was kind of posturing and i didn't really like him that much but the thing like i kind of put him in the same category as like freddie prince jr and josh hartnett where at the time i was just like whatever i'm cooler than you <laughs> like it basically kind of was like i've never had that thought in my life about anybody <laughs> basically so. for me it was like whatever i'm cooler than you <laughs> and then over time i'm just like no these guys are like really sincere and kind of earnest and like they play the material and they're not necessarily trying to be like there's a few parts like you could argue like hartnett and the faculty or something like that but like they're not trying to peacock the movie. Right. And that's one thing that I kind of respect about Philippi in a movie like Antitrust or Breach is that he's very kind of working to the benefit of the movie. He's like, you could see that he's trying and that it's sincere and everything like that. So I admire him for that. I'm happy that he's had like, you know pretty good career longevity he's worked consistently really since like the 2000s even if he's not like the star of the thing yeah none of these people yeah. are like stars anymore yeah except maybe tim robbins but they all still work yeah. Rachel Lee cook is still working claire forlani is still working yeah which i guess is good mm-hmm. but none of them are they stars the way that they could start test right yeah. but in 2001 it was like you could open a movie with ryan Phillippe and claire forlani and rachel lee cook yeah and i do miss those days sure yeah. And then... Because uh, there's no equivalent now. Not really. There's no middle tier movie star uh, that no. can open a movie. No. I yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny because, like, you look at the stuff that comes out now. Like, even, you know, you saw Eternals and it's, like, the biggest star in that movie is Angelina Jolie. And she's, yeah. like, deep supporting cast probably. Right, right. Right. Um, and then, you know, you've got like just movie after movie after movie where like the star is like Judy Dench in Belfast. <laughs> like it's like hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah. And I found it interesting that like Rachel Lee Cook and Claire Forlani are like double femme fatales like it's it's weird because there's usually gonna be like the nice girl and then the femme fatale and then there might be like the turn one takes where like but in this case it's just like the red hair yeah it's weird because it's like rachel lee cook is sort of like a red herring at right, first right and then you're convinced that she's a good guy right 
but then it turns out no you were right the whole time and then like Claire Forlani's like this like programmer sex agent that like <laughs> <laughs> that's deployed by nerve this Pepsi drinking <laughs> prostitute uh, <laughs> yeah who's getting paid to sleep with Ryan Phillippe in his yeah. words of course yeah um, I called this my open source romance <laughs> <laughs> better title for this movie yeah it's a weird like double blind twist yeah where Claire Falani is the bad one, but no, she's the good one. And Rachel Lee Cook is the bad one, but no, she's the bad one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like she's maybe she's the good one. No, she's the bad one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess that's kind of an interesting idea because a less ambitious movie would have just mm. you just would have found out that Claire Falani is the femme fatale and Rachel Lee Cook is the good girl yeah. who helps him and they end up together at the end of the movie or some shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and the movie doesn't do that, I guess, to its credit. Yeah. I do like that Claire Forlani sort of absolves herself of guilt and criminal wrongdoing, like, at the end of the movie. Yes. Where, like, she's in on this plot. For years. All the way. For years. Yeah. All the way. And then, like, when it's revealed that, like, Tim Robbins is going to get busted and, like, all the people at Nerve, the head, the higher-ups are going to go down, she's just like, I'm out. And yeah. I'm like, can you just decide these things? Yeah. And then she's just like goes off into the sunset to like, you know, she's a free woman, but she doesn't have to be, you know, in my open source romance anymore <laughs> with Philippi. We got to talk about Claire Forlani. Okay. Because um, this woman haunted me for like really? several years. It's weird. There was definitely a push to make her a movie star. Yes. I dated a girl in high school who I thought looked like Claire Forlani. Okay. I don't know if she really did. Okay. I think maybe it was me just kind of like elevating so-and-so or whatever. This but is like when girls constantly used to try to set me up with other girls they claimed looked like Liv Tyler, and none of them did. <laughs> yeah. But that was always their selling point to me because I was so obsessed with that thing you do and specifically Liv Tyler in that movie. They'd be like, no, you'd like her. She looks like Liv Tyler. Like, yeah. Okay. Oh, no, this girl does not look like Liv Tyler. This yeah. girl looks like Bonnie Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> hey, total eclipse. Yeah, no, I would just explain. Like, yeah. listen, I'm holding out for a hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just another, you were the light of my life, but now I'm only falling apart. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I there was this girl that I ended up dating senior year, but, like, junior year I was going after her. And, like, I the whole thing I was just like, she looks like Claire Forlani. <laughs> and then, like... She was dating somebody else, and I was trying to break them up, and like it didn't, it didn't work. Fuck it didn't work, and I was like, whatever. So then, like, we started talking again in senior year, and she was interested in me. And then she goes at one point, she's like, "Weren't you going after me last year?" Like, I made so little impression that she wasn't even sure. And I was like, to break up my relationship. And I said, "No, good for you." I'm like, that wasn't me. I have no idea what you're talking about. Good. So her and I started dating. I thought she kind of looked like Claire Forlani. We went out for like two months. She broke my heart. It was really messy. Um, We had a bad breakup. Were there any teenage witches involved in any way? No. Okay, good. There were no teenage witches. Um, Any characters from the Archie universe? (laughs) No. No. She was more mature than Serendipity Girl. But um, so... So all this happened, and then, like, but then I was still raw from this breakup, because I was like, oh, I lost Forlani. And then, like, I saw Boys and Girls, and the whole time I was watching Boys and Girls, I was just like, it was, like, almost like a tutorial where I'm like, how do I keep Forlani happy? Mm -hmm. And, like, I'm, Mm -hmm. like, taking notes, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, what did he do wrong, Mm -hmm. and what should I do right, and stuff like that. So Boys and Girls and Antitrust were were this period where I was just, like, 
pining for the lost forlorn. Yeah. My lost forlorny. So were you feeling like forlorny? <laughs> I was for sure. Nice, good job. Thanks. Um, so like when I go back and I'm just like I see Claire Forlani and like Micho Black, Antitrust, Boys and Girls, or something like that. It's just like comes at me <laughs> like this flow, <laughs> this like wave of emotions where I'm just like this meant so much to me back then, and I haven't thought about this since. Micho Black is kind of where the push is at its peak. Yeah. Um, and because she's now in this A-list adult romance. Yeah. And for the record, Mijo Black rules. It is very good. Yes, thank you. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I, I haven't either, it. but I yeah. love it. Yeah. Um and then that doesn't totally happen for her, so she kind of goes back to like the teen kind of movies that yeah. she got her start in with like Mall Rats. By the time she's making boys and girls, it's like, you're, aren't you at least 10 years old for this? Yeah, because she was like a grown-up in The Rock in 96, right. and then she's like back in Boys and Girls, and she's playing like a freshman. Yes. It's like, what is going on? It's not. They're at a bubble party. doesn't make sense. And even Apollo Antitrust. I mean, I get that they just graduated college, but like, yeah, are you sure? Yeah, I don't know. Berlani. <laughs> I'm just looking off into the distance. Give me, give me a second. Claire, where did we go wrong? Oh yeah, it wasn't you. It was an actual different person with their own feelings and personality. Um, so I, one thing I wrote down, and this is just kind of like I don't think we need to talk about this, but I kind of liked that as we were talking about like how it was interesting. You know, like Rachel Lee Cook is sort of like this twisty part. I sort of liked that the security guard ended up being a good guy. Me too. <laughs> I thought that was kind of a neat twist. Yeah. Which were, I wasn't expecting. Right. Because um, he's such, or the security, you know, head, head of security. security yeah. yeah. He's yeah. he's just such a, the boilerplate right. prick, corporate prick right. type character. Right. Um, so I appreciated that. Um, Tim Robbins. Yeah. Even in a movie that's as kind of slight as this. Yeah. I really like Tim Robbins. Sure. And he never phones it in. He never phones it in. And I, I like that he, you know that there's like these little like quirks that he probably added himself to keep himself interested like while he's playing this character. So one thing I thought was funny was like how he's constantly like slovenly eating chips to show like what a nerd he is right. still well, and that's, everything like that's that. That's nerds. I mean, this movie was like, this. <laughs> we're working at Google. People just have Pringles cans around. Yeah. Anybody want a Pepsi? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's funny that um, Microsoft, so everybody's saying like, oh, this is Bill Gates or Steve Jobs and everything right. like that. And then like they asked the guy who was in charge, one of the guys in charge at Microsoft at the time, and they're just like, we saw the trailer and we're pretty sure that that's uh, meant to be AOL or Oracle. <laughs> and yeah. it's such like a Microsoft answer. Yeah. I just love that. Yeah. Know. No, they're yeah. probably right. Yeah. Yeah. So watch Antitrust to see Tim Robbins eating chips that don't always go into his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. He's playing like nice guy villain, which I think he's a little better suited for yeah. than like, I, I, I don't love Tim Robbins like in crazy guy mode, like um, probably some of Arlington Road. Yeah. Definitely like half of Mystic River. No, All of War of the Worlds. It, yeah. Like where he's playing the guy from Mystic River. Right, exactly. <laughs> who becomes a criminal genius all mm -hmm. of a sudden. Um I like Tim Robbins in like nice guy villain mode a little bit better. 
Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I mean, like, I, I like him most in that, like, Andy Dufresne, Jacob Singer type of mode. Yeah, me too. Yeah. This is not my favorite Tim Robbins yeah. at all. But I do, I, I do think he's a fun, he makes for a fun villain. Yeah. Um, this movie kind of has a similar ending to They Live. In that there's like this broadcast that like reveals the okay. aliens, so to speak. Right. They're not aliens and antitrust, but like right. one thing I thought better was movie. a better movie <laughs> would have the guys get the good the bad guys get away with this. Because I think in twenty twenty one, a more cynical version yes. of corporate America, yeah. it would be basically like, <clears throat> Thanks, Philippi, you made our thing work. Right. And by the way, oh that was just a prank. Right. Somebody like right hack this and none of this is true and like because nerve represents such a big piece of the economy or like what you know they're like this is the next 30 years of business like the government will help cover them cover this up right or it'll be right. like a slap on the yeah, wrist right but this movie sort of is like skull box conquers all <laughs> i think that that was the name of their like garage group of programs sure the skull box yeah. so yeah. oh boy yeah, I don't oh, know. And then they play the cue the Everclear song. Cue Everclear. <laughs> yeah. Oh, early tech. I'm not a big like uh paranoid thriller guy, I don't yeah. think. Um like those movies from the seventies leave me a little bit cold and some of the later iterations leave me a little bit cold. I'm sure there's some that I like, but um I will admit that more than once in this movie I was watching this alone on a Friday afternoon. Like mm-hmm. cackling out loud at some of the silliness in this movie, yeah. chiefly the scene in which Philippi breaks into the computer and starts finding all the files that they have on it's everyone. It's endless files. Yeah. And things that are hyperlinked that I was just <laughs> laughing out loud. Yeah. His file mentions his peanut or his, uh, sesame, sesame seed allergy, allergy, but it's like. There's a word, there's a modifier that they use to describe it, like... Catastrophic allergy. Yes, yeah. it's like catastrophic <laughs> allergy to sesame seeds, yeah. which they set up earlier in the movie where he's yeah. mindlessly about to eat a, a roll yeah. and Claire Forlani has to say, like, no, stop, sesame seeds. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay, so later in this movie, somebody's going to try to kill him by giving him sesame seeds. Surely that's why they're setting this up. Yeah. No, it never pays off. It's just so that we know that it's true when but he finds it. But there's that suspense it. sequence where she he thinks the Chinese food that Claire Forlani's oh, right, making. right. And then she's, like, sitting right. on him and stuff like that. And then she seductively takes, like, <laughs> the sauce and, like, rubs it on his lips and stuff like that. And it's just, like, that's something I was hoping for. And, like, <laughs> and so I was jealous. Um, um, yeah. But uh, it gets even better than yeah. when he opens Rachel Lee Cook's file. <laughs> yeah. And it's talking about how she was molested. And it's yeah. like, why is this in her personnel file? And then later it talks about this horrible racial, racial epithet that is graffitied on the wall where Philippi's friend was killed. And you can click on the word that they yeah. spray painted as a hyperlink yeah. and it opens the video. And it's like the video of his friend getting beaten to death. It's like, <laughs> what the fuck? 
It's crazy. It's basically just like anything you want. More computer. scenes like that in this movie would have made it way more enjoyable. But I do like that the suspense sequence, because it's taking place in a nursery, is he has to hide inside a giant Lego tower. Yes, he does. And like hold himself up. So like, like Bakeem Woodbine in the closet. Like, oh my God, how did he get up there? Um <laughs> It's just funny, and like that part was the most exciting bit of like thriller. So they put that as like the, the end of the trailer and stuff like oh, that. Really? It's just I like Philippi like but... hanging out inside Legos and everything like that. Oh boy! By um, the way, the guy that uh, in caught up that uh, is like telling Screwface like he's in the closet. He's in the closet. Yeah. The guy who runs the car service. Yeah. Is didn't he remind you of like Tom Sizemore fucked Chris Kattan? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I thought that. Yeah. He, so looked size more ish. Yeah. Size less. <laughs> um Yeah. Uh so this was directed by Peter Howitt. The great. The great Peter Howitt of Sliding Doors, Johnny right. English, Laws of Attraction, Dangerous Parking, and Gina Carano's Scorched Earth. I saw Scorched Earth. How was it? Was it better than Antitrust? Completely forgettable oh, and good. not good. Okay. Um I so I I, I went I overestimated how much I would still like antitrust. So I rented it on on YouTube. Okay. And then right after I rented it on YouTube, I'm just like, wait a minute, I'm doing a show on antitrust. There might not be a lot to talk about. <laughs> so let me buy the special edition DVD oh, of shit. it. So I bought the special edition DVD. So I'm sitting there and I'm just like, well, I made my bed. I mean, <laughs> let's see what these special features have to offer. So I yeah. watched the making of documentary. It's like 22 minutes long. Okay. And let me tell you, Peter Howitt is very concerned about what was going on with like <laughs> the tech industry circa 2001. He was like, like this movie felt like it was like a calling for him. Wow. Um, This is like his big Hollywood debut after Sliding Doors kind of makes... Yeah. A splash, right? Exactly. So he, yeah. goes, he goes corporate. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I thought it almost, and not that it made the movie any better, but like it kind of made me like Peter Howitt a little bit because I was okay. just like, this guy just seems like, you know, this charming little British guy. And like, right. he's very concerned about technology and where this is going to lead us. And I hope to see like antitrust revisited. And... Did the movie really explore any of those fears though? No, because... They pay it sort of lip service. Yeah. Um, I think it's funny because the movie is <laughs> what did you read anything in like the Wikipedia about like its the stance on open source technology and Linux and things like that? I tried to read the IMDB like trivia. Yeah. And all of it is just tech stuff and yeah. my eyes completely glazed over. So. Okay. Yeah, because I perused that and I thought the same thing. But like the Wikipedia thing was kind of interesting because the Open source, the pro Linux open source community was very excited about this movie. <laughs> sure, and they were excited about a movie it because, for them. Yeah, they were excited about it because it's like not a lot of people know about this. This is a way to mainstream our message. A lot of people don't know that these things that they're paying Microsoft for are like they could get on like you know for free and everything like that. There are that there are options. Like people don't even know that there's options, and then. 
they're like so we thought like this movie was going to be this calling card for like open source technology and then they saw the movie and like the spokesperson was like yeah it's a stupid movie and, like, <laughs> and um they said that uh MGM even like doesn't believe in this model because they ran almost all of the marketing over Apple's proprietary proprietary QuickTime format like oh, apple, wow. like apple quicktime videos right, and right, stuff right. like that right so even they were just like fuck your message <laughs> we're doing marketing our way we're doing it the the, the uh tim robbins and antitrust remember way. when trailers were like you had to download a quicktime file yeah it would be like in the computer lab at school and yeah. just be like waiting for like i say, one of the most memorable ones was i remember when the catch me if you can trailer came out and i had read on like coming soon.net <laughs> like the plot summary of okay. it and then i read like who was behind it and i'm like it's spielberg and this was coming off of like this was like his dark period like right, his ai right, right, right. and minority report and amistad and stuff like that i'm like and you got dicaprio and you got hanks and you got walking and it's about like one of the fbi's most wanted men and the whole time i'm just like this is gonna be like a real like thriller type movie and then i watched the trailer and i'm like what was that it looks great but this like is a romp i'm like this is a lark <laughs> this is a sprint when i thought it was a march so like yeah I, i'll always remember that but yeah that trailer took like i sat there for like two minutes waiting for it to buffer and yeah. everything and synapse could have expanded my global village and nerve quicker nerve baby nerve nerve stood for something but i couldn't see what it stood for yeah, I don't remember. It was like revolutionary visions, like new frontier. I don't know. It didn't have to be an acronym. It didn't. No. I, I would have just bought that they called it Nerve. No. Um, apparently, this movie was also titled Conspiracy.com. Ooh, like Fear.com, which, which I hold in my hands. <laughs> which, might have been Adam. Better, which might have been a better title oh, for it. A web of inescapable terror. Fear.com. Watch com. it at a classic cinema. <laughs> Um. Okay, so is antitrust better or worse? Oh, here we go. <laughs> than these MGM 2001 releases? Oh my god! What I mean, MGM just couldn't get their hands on a good script. They had one other movie other than the Bond series that I think like bankrolled them for a while. Okay, actually two in this year. They had a okay. pretty good 2001. Two K one was good. Okay, so antitrust or Hannibal? It's worse. Antitrust or Heartbreakers? It's way worse. Antitrust or what's the worst that could happen? It might be better. So what's the worst that could happen <laughs> is the worst. Um, antitrust or legally blonde? Uh, worse. I'm no, not a legally blonde fan. But I don't really like it either. It's better. Antitrust or original sin? I'll say it's worse because original sin at least has the courage to be trash. Yeah. And antitrust or bandits? Worse. Okay. Yeah, so there we go. I'd, I'd rather watch Bandits, at least for the Kate Blanchett performance. But I mean, like, look at that roster. It's just yeah. like, here's movies for grownups, and like, they got right. stars in it, and we right. probably spent fifty million on each of them. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, and then uh, I had a question: Are you more team Forlani or Team Cook? Uh, I mean, I feel like in life I'm Team Cook. Mm -hmm. In this movie, I guess I end up being more Team Forlani because she ends up not being a piece of shit. This is true. Okay. But in terms of, like, who would my crush be, it's it's Cook. Or, like, just career-wise. Like, who you enjoy as an actor, I guess. I feel like I haven't seen enough of either one. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but still probably Cook. Because I actually really like Cook. She was on a guest on the movie Crypt once, and her interview was really, really good. She's very okay. just like down to earth and oh, nice. treats acting like a job. Okay. And, uh, I don't know anything about Claire Filani, so she might be the exact same way. I know she's British. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Cook is in some Hallmark Christmas movies. That now. seems to be where her career has gone yeah. now. And she did a whole run on Psych that was good, too. Yeah. That show okay. is awesome. Um, and then I also said, like... What about I, you? Oh, for those two? I mean, like, I think that... If I'm talking crushes, I would yeah. say Forlani is probably, like... My great white whale. We've established, yeah. 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 So I, I, I have to say, just because of the magnitude of it 20 years ago, I'd have to still stick with that. As far as performers go, I don't know. Like, I always kind of am more, like, trying to figure out Claire Forlani when I'm watching a performance of hers okay. rather than just kind of enjoying it. Okay. Or, like, and Rachel Lee Cook, I don't have that much of an opinion of, like, when yeah. I see her in movies. Although, I will say... I remember when I revisited She's All That, I thought she was really good in it. Well, to me, she's, I mean, and and she, her co-star in that movie is Freddie Prince Jr., and they're very equal in that way, and that, mm-hmm. like, well, they're both pleasant and inoffensive. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing I thought was interesting when I rewatched She's All That was she's very, like, kind of sharp, actually. Like, okay. her character is not, like, the thing that I thought that, um... Plainy Janie Ponytail we're talking about? Plainy Janie Ponytail. Yeah, I'm trying to remember back to, like, what I wrote about it. But I remember, like, being kind of taken aback by how, like, I reread, like, the interpretation of the title where I'm just like, it's not that she's the ugly duckling and they give her the makeover and she's all that. It's like, she's like this hardened young woman and then, like, her kind of opening herself up to, like, Freddie Prince Jr. and things like that kind of, like takes like melts the ice mm. with her and she she becomes all that Got because it. she's a better person now because of his hacky sack routine because of his hacky sack Got routine it. so like he sacks his way into her heart who who didn't with a hacky sack like <laughs> if you didn't like hacky sack your way into somebody's heart yeah. then you weren't kicking it high enough no i never did i've never sacked in my life i tried so hard to sack did but you? like after she's all that no i think it was before during and after okay. she's all that yeah, I was like, yeah, I, I, I would say like, they're like, hey Adam, you know, you know, I'm in the cafeteria, and I'm like, no, it's feeling like a sack lunch today. <laughs> and they're just like, do you mean you're gonna go outside to play hacky sack all lunch? And I'm just like, gotta practice, <laughs> gotta practice. Um, I said I was gonna put together a list of like my top corporate thrillers. Yeah. But that's a real, like, slippery slope because, like, there's the stockholder thriller. There's, like, okay. the Michael Clayton-type thriller. Well, that's the best of them all, right? The best of them are, like, you know, you got the insider. You got, okay. like, the, the Michael Clayton ones. But I think antitrust, I put in this category of the tech thriller. So you've got The Circle, which is hilarious. Which I never saw. It's very funny. That's Justice for Mercer, right? Yes, that's okay. Justice for Mercer. Got it. It's Tom Hanks playing Steve, playing Doing Steve the Jobs. Robbins part. Um, almost pretty much single-handedly, like, 
making Emma Watson fail the movie star test. Like I have not seen her in much since the circle. I think Yikes. that might have. And that was the spectacular now guy, right? Yeah. That was his jump. Yeah. And I don't think and he's really he done anything, anything since then. Yikes. Yeah. But um, it was like a beloved book. And then like it right. just turned into this fiasco. I think it's very entertaining, but it's okay. not good. Okay. Um, The net is trashy, but I don't know if it still holds up. I haven't seen it since the drive-in in in 1995. Yeah. But I will tell this quick story Mm -hmm. because there was this podcast. Quick time? In the early days, you have to download a file (laughs) to hear this story. Yeah. And it's going to take a couple minutes. Um, In the early, in the the late 2000s, pre-2010, pre-F this movie, there were Mm -hmm. not a lot of podcasts. Mm Mm-hmm. There were not a lot of movie podcasts. Mm-hmm. Somehow I found this one. Oh, I love this story. <laughs> called Movie Junkie. And I've never named it, because, but it hasn't existed for at least 10 years. My God, I wish it did. I wish I could find every old episode, because I would listen to it like crazy. Yeah. And they, I used to listen to every episode because they were crazy in terms of their opinions. Mm-hmm. They had terrible, terrible opinions, and I was so fascinated by it. And they did a show on, like, top 90s movies. Mm-hmm. And I just remember the very first person to go named their first. My number five is The Net. And I was like, this is why I listen to Movie Junkie. <laughs> because of all the movies that came out in the 90s, you go, your fifth favorite is yeah. The Net. Floppy disks. Floppy disks. <laughs> Melting servers. <laughs> I love that scene where, like, they're at the conference and then she puts the, the poison floppy. I don't remember anything the hard drive, about the net. And then it's just like people furiously clicking keyboards. I know Dennis Jeremy Miller was in them. it and being like, you're in the net, babe. Mm-hmm. It's just like, Sandy B, what's going on, babe? <laughs> <laughs> Things are getting kind of tense here, babe. Um, uh, the net should have yeah. made Sandy B fail the movie star test. But like the same yeah. year, she came out with While You Were Sleeping. Yeah. And she weathered the storm. everything, yeah. yeah. As if two if by C was gonna knock her off course. <laughs> or she had a time in love to and war. Right after that. Yeah. In love and war. That was ninety seven. I'm trying to think of like what she had after that. She had that. a run where she had a real like Forces of Nature kind of was a hit. It's a terrible movie. Yeah. But she had a run of like a like a Julia Roberts esque run of shit. And then like yeah. Miss Congeniality was like, oh, oh, she's back. That was a good one. Yes. I'm a big fan of that one. But have you ever seen Miss Congeniality 2? No. So awful. No. <laughs> so, no. Uh, so awful. Yeah. No, I, I did not look, that did not look good. No. She was like dressed like a toucan and like Shatner's there. Or no, it's, it's, that's the first one. I'm not sure. really bad. Um, and then the other two tech thrillers I, f- I noticed was um, both Harrison Ford movies. Uh, Firewall. Firewall, which is just like him going like... Stay away from my firewall and like Paul <laughs> Bettany, like f- him and him falling on each other instead of fighting. It's kind of enjoyable. Firewall was a real Saturday night AMC movie. Like yeah. if a movie looked really good, Erica mm-hmm. and I went on Friday morning. Yeah. Especially during the summer or mm-hmm. Friday night if it was the school year. Mm-hmm. Saturday night was when we saw like Cats and Dogs or what's the Robert De Niro, James Franco one? City by the Sea. City by the Sea. Or Firewall. Like, Saturday night at AMC was like, this is when we see kind of the shitty movie. And yeah. when I saw Firewall, I was like, I was perfectly entertained by Firewall. Do you want to hear what, how I saw City by the Sea? Yes. In a hospital bed after having a tumor removed. Good Lord. And I was waiting to be discharged, and I'm just like, well, I guess I've got time to watch City <laughs> by the Sea now. 
Your memory of it is so different than yeah. mine. And the weird thing was, it wasn't even on TV. The staff acted it out. <laughs> they had screenplays. They're just like, they're just like, we had. Do you want to? What's my motivation here? Yeah. yeah, I'm just like, why do you look so ratty? They're like, oh, you're playing Franco. I get it. Okay. Yeah, it was real weird, but I don't know. I haven't seen the actual movie. I just seen the reading of the script. Um, <laughs> and then my favorite of the tech thrillers is Paranoia. Oh, which right. Is, was, it didn't um, even come out in theaters, yeah, did it? No, it did. Did it? Okay. You're thinking of, maybe thinking of Crypto starring Alexis Bledel, Kurt Russell, Mariska Hargitay, and Luke Hemsworth. Boy, on paper. Yeah. But the lead of the like movie is Bo Knapp. Yeah, see. And it's just like, I'm out. <laughs> okay. But Bledel, Hargitay, Russell, I'm in. In the sizzle moment of the trailer where they're showing, like, the cast with yeah. the name, their yeah. name card and everything, yeah. they show Bledel and she's wearing, like, SWAT gear. And I'm like, this is almost making me want to press play. <laughs> <laughs> Crypto. Yeah. Um, Shit. <laughs> it would be great if they had, like... <laughs> It's like Bo Knapp, Alexis Bledel, Kurt Russell, Mariska Hargitay, Luke Hemsworth, the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck is Bo Knapp? <laughs> You'll know him when you see him. I'm looking him He's up. He's been in stuff. I think he was in Super 8. He was in... Um, is he just... And, how do you spell Bo Knapp? It's K-N-A-P-P. Oh, but it's B-E-A-U. Yeah. What? <laughs> Who are you? Oh, he's in the Death Wish remake, which I've seen too many times. <laughs> Meaning twice. Twice, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, oh, now he's in my recently viewed on IMDb. <laughs> I will. There's no going back from that. I will a real say, Scarlet A here. I, I will say that um, Paranoia has two things that I really like. It. All right. One is that Harrison Ford is playing a character named Jock Goddard. <laughs> see it and that the um the tagline for paranoia is in a war between kings even a pawn can change the game what the fuck <laughs> it's good stuff um is is that is it gary oldman yeah okay i kind of remember it now mm -hmm. i remember it existing i never saw it obviously but the whole movie is just gary oldman being like software i'm paranoid and then harrison ford's just like i'm gonna step on your neck <laughs> And Luke Hemsworth is just like, stay I'm... away from my crypto. <laughs> Luke Hemsworth is just like, I'm just a pawn stuck between yeah, two right. kings. Um, so Days of the Dead is coming up this weekend. Oh, that's this weekend. I crypto got... is on Hulu, by the way. Hulu crypto. <laughs> crypto Hulu. You got Hulu crypto? Hulu crypto. Hey, Hulu, you got crypto? <laughs> I can't even speak now. I'm saying things all weird. Hulu, you got crypto? <laughs> Peacock on a crusher rope. <laughs> When you watch crew, who knew our crypto? Um, these are words that adults say. Um, so yeah, Days I, of the Dead coming I got, up. I got, I got lots I of cancellations. A lot of cancellations. I got questions to ask you though All about right. Days of the Dead. All right. So, um, should I do the Super Freddy photo op? I believe that's been canceled. What? Our friend uh, Brian K, aka Bloody Cunt, on Twitter was messaging me the other day mm -hmm. and said he messaged them about the Super Freddy photo op and was told it's been canceled. <sighs> okay. Chrissy Swanson has yet to back out, even though she just had COVID. Yeah, and I don't was know. If hospitalized. That kind of makes me not want to go. Yeah. Because you know she's not going to be wearing a mask. Of course not. Bruce Dern canceled, which I knew was coming. Yeah. 
uh, from the moment they announced him, I was like, well, that's not going to last. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's one of the fun things about that show is just like, you know, there's going to be a rash of cancellations. Right. right. Well, it's they just, added Kirsten Baker. I didn't know that. Who's that? Robin Lively, they added? They did add Robin Lively. Uh, Kirsten Baker is uh, Friday the 13th, too. Oh, okay. She wears the shorts. Um, should I go meet Div off again? Yeah. Okay. I don't know what to get him to sign. Or get him to sign. Uh, 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 maybe maybe I could find like a 27 by 40 low down dirty shame poster somewhere. I mean, I assume so. <laughs> <laughs> shame! He's just like, is this one double-sided? <laughs> to be um that was a movie that doug and i rented because we were constantly looking for the next gem yeah and i was like it could be this it could be this it's not hollywood pictures yeah yeah i bet you i'll go up to div off on friday and i'm just like are you gonna be here on sunday and he's like i will be here for another 48 hours <laughs> ah, nice <laughs> um air force one <laughs> he just starts naming <laughs> graveyard shit uh <laughs> Now I'm turning into the trailer guy. <laughs> Should I buy a Freddy's Dead poster to get Alice Cooper and Lisa Zane to sign? No. Freddy's Dead sucks. No, it doesn't. I like Freddy's Dead. <laughs> uh, Freddy's Dead is great. Um, um, I think I like I it like just Lisa because Zane. it's my first Freddy. I would get Lisa Zane to sign uh, a bad influence poster. Okay. I still need to see that. I like that movie. Um, And then... I, there's too many options. I don't know what I would get Greg Nicotero to sign. Oh, my gosh. It's like yeah. you could get anything signed yeah. by him. Yeah. That's tough. Maybe I'll get my Casper tattoo signed by him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that works. <laughs> uh, do you have it from Dust Till Dawn? I mean, he's like in that in addition to... Uh, oh, yeah. I could probably find one. I would imagine so. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's a thought. Yeah. <laughs> so, antitrust... Yeah. Thanksgiving turkey show we number one. Yes. I think it went better than Black Christmas, White Christmas. <laughs> Still our benchmark. Low. <laughs> Still our benchmark low. Yeah. Uh, it was fun to talk about. It was more fun than it was to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend watching it on your phone at the Nissan dealership. Or on your TV at home on a Friday afternoon. Nope. No. Nope. But thank you for mir- for matching my mirrors. Yes, absolutely. This was yeah. like the other side of the mirrors. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The mirrors has two faces. Wow. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. I was watching Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone this right. week, and I was just like, Patrick probably likes Lily and James Potter because they're in a mirror. I read that joke in your column. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> I'm a joke repeater. <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you for uh, for doing the show. Thank you guys for listening. As always, go to fthismovie.com every day for movie stuff. Like and rate us uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you haven't done that already, email us at fthismoviepodcast at gmail.com. And you can follow us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash fthismovie or at fthismovie on Twitter or on Instagram. Uh, thanks again, Adam. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to FS Movie.